Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Craig F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Uh, t- today's date, I forgot. Uh, I think I'll realize what it is here in a minute. It's uh, uh, and anyway, it's Tuesday morning, and uh, uh, the uh, gosh darn it! Today we are reading from the Big Book. Uh, and we're on uh, page 70, the uh, uh, second paragraph that starts out to sum up about sex. Today's readers are uh, Ginger C uh, for the big book, Barbara P for the Vision for You passage at the end, We've got Kathy GS for the 12 steps, and, and Wendy M for the 12 traditions, and uh, the newcomer greeters, Jody E and Rebecca B is the second hour host. Uh, the reference numbers for yesterday, uh, Monday, uh, is, uh, is 13,711, um, and for the 10 a.m. meeting, is 13,713. Um, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside contributions. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states that each group uh, has but one primary purpose, which is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating uh, can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Kathy G.S. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Craig. This is Kathy G.S., compulsive overeater, anorexic bulimic from Georgia. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be of service and I pass. Thank you for your service. Next, we have Wendy M. going to read the 12 traditions for us. Wendy? 
Good morning. Thank you, Craig. I'm Wendy M. in Raleigh, North Carolina, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Wendy. Okay, uh, housekeeping here. Uh, sorry, I forgot the date a while ago, uh, uh, but it is today is November 26, 2019. Um, how our meeting works, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. The, our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Our meeting does request that you sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again, please. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be mute, uh, muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 70, the second paragraph that begins to sum up about sex. Um, I'm going to now ask uh, Ginger C. to uh, uh, get us started. Ginger, good morning. Again. Good morning, Craig. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C., recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. To sum up about sex. We earnestly pray for the right ideal for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity, and for the strength to do the right thing. And if sex is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. We think of their needs and we work for them. 
This takes us out of ourselves and it quiets the imperious urge when to yield would mean heartache. So again, real clear instructions here. This book is just amazing how simple it is. I always complicate it though. And, um, you know, now we're finishing up the sex issue and, um, as an addict, you know, we all know that we lack power and this is the gift of this four step work and finishing in this sex conduct harm the final page of this four step because whatever I'm paying attention to more than God, I'm blocking God and I have a really good chance of returning to whatever addiction is uh, screaming my name. So we earnestly pray, you know, God help me again. I don't do this stuff. I don't do this work. I need God's help, you know, and um, I have to have my intentions to draw closer to God, to have these ideals and then to live this promised life. And then more importantly, if this is difficult, this area, this sex area is troublesome, I throw myself the harder into helping others because nothing saves the day like working with another. And again, it will quiet that urge that would bring heartache if I were to go forward. You know, I shared yesterday, I had a friend, we both had the same time in sobriety and we were really close and she got into this sex situation. She was going to her club to work out and her trainer uh, became a little bit more than a trainer. And she knew she was in trouble because she was married with two kids at home and she couldn't stop. And um, I shared yesterday, I don't know if she drank the paragraph above that says that if we don't stop and we don't get to God and get in this right way, we have a really good chance of relapse. All I do know is I haven't seen her in an AA meeting for many years. So this is, this is real here's an answer, work harder with others. And if it's still not stopping, you may need another room. You may need to go do some 12 step work in another room. But again, willing to go to any lengths for victory because whatever I'm putting in front of God, I have a really good chance of relapsing. So we get to pray, you know, this uh, sex prayer, we earnestly pray again for the right ideal for the guidance in each questionable situation and for sanity and the strength to do the right thing. And again, God help me to do this work because I just don't do it. And with that, I pass. Great, uh, thank you, Ginger. All right, um, we're gonna take names here in a second for people to share. If you haven't shared uh, we, in the last couple of days, we encourage you to come forward and, and do that now. And if you have, maybe you hold back let some other people Katie G from Boston. Jen Rachel K. Nancy P. Wait a minute. I got Katie G and Nancy P. Harlan G. And Kim. Rachel K. Harlan. Janice P. M. Candy S. Hold on, everybody. All right, I had um, Katie G, and then I had somebody else, and I said their name, and now I can't remember who it was. Uh, Mary Lee. Janice. Thank you. You got Mary Lee. All right. uh, Wait a minute. Here's what I have. Katie G, Janice. I think you said Nancy I did. I have Katie G, Janice, Kim G, Harlan. Um, uh, Rachel, 
Nancy P and a Sandy S. I think that's enough for now. Um, let's go ahead and take that line up. Sorry if I missed you. Um, Katie G, go ahead. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, my fellows. Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. I want to share something as a recovered woman, what I started doing the last time we were here. So that was like, I don't know, nine or 10 months ago, maybe 12. I started saying the prayer every morning. I earnestly pray for the right ideal as my husband's wife, as a mom, as a member in good standing of OA, as blah, blah, blah. So I'm a little bit scared to say this because I, <laughs> I don't want God to like come. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe stuff will start going bad, but that's my superstition. Recently, over the last month, um, I was in a situation and God was like, Katie, you need to do this. This is the ideal. And I was like, mm, okay, God, I'm not going to do that. In fact, I contacted one of my spiritual sisters. and I said, hey, guess what? I have no willingness to do this. That is the best I could do. And she's like, yeah, cool, Katie. You know, God's going to meet you where you are. You got it. The next thing I knew, I was doing the thing I didn't want to do, right? Because God, give me the right ideal, guidance, sanity, and strength. And it was like God was moving through me. And then recently, guess what? I've been having a ticker tape parade in my head, as I sometimes do, against the hubs. And guess what I've been doing? Walking away. Not having a fight. Oh, my gosh. What a miracle. God, give me the strength. Sanity. Um, I, I just, I, I can't say enough the way you know, this book is teaching me. So I do inventory. I, I, go to, I go to God. I do inventory. And I help others. And I just, I, I, it's like miracles flowing through me. And I don't know why. And it, it's amazing. And I also want to say, you know, this sucks stuff. They're not kidding. Like throughout the book, you have a problem. Guess what? There's no chapter in the book called Into Figuring It Out. This isn't about me going to me and thinking about me. This is not self-help, right? This is not accepting my humanity. This is about looking at I'm a sick woman. And if I don't change and I... I have had a lot of experience with inappropriate sex conduct, but I need to change. And the way to do that, inventory, um, go to God, help others. I have to tell you, helping others quiets the bondage of me. I mean, you know, if you, if you get on the phone with me, you know, even if I have a 10th step, when I'm done with that, I'm like, relieve me of the bondage of me because i got to help others. This isn't an option. You know, sometimes people call me and they're saying, I don't want to sponsor her. I'm scared. Hey, I'm scared not to sponsor. I'm scared not to pass this on. Think about all the women and men who pass this on to us. And guess what it does? It gets me out of me, which is my primary problem. And if I don't, guess what's going to happen? Eating is going to be a step up. So use these prayers. Help others. Inventory. Go to God. Help others. It works. And what's other pastor? All right, thank you, uh, Katie. Next, we'll have Janice, followed by Kim G, and then Harlan. Janice? Well, thank you, uh, Craig, and good morning to everyone. Well, you know, Katie summed it up. <laughs> and that's, what, of course, uh, this whole paragraph. This one paragraph sums it all up. This is what we have to do. These are clear cut directions. And it's not just the directions. Um, you know, uh, if you want to get abstinent, if it's for uh, resentment, if it's for fear, if it's for relationships like this and sex, 
And, you know, I've been around a long time. You know, instead of saying an old timer, I'm going to say a long timer, which doesn't mean it too much. But anyway, you know, bells still go off like, oh, yeah, let me see. This is the direction. Instead of being so selfish, because that's this is what it's about. It's about my selfishness. It's about my self-centeredness. Everything I, I, for me. But, of course, if you get an imperious imperious urge, it's just like the food or the fear or anything else. Of course, we're talking about sex. It's a domineering. It's dominating in my head. It's overbearing. You know, so what do we do? We act out. Some, I acted out. And, you know, it's funny. It's certain, you know, I'm not married. Well, I'm a widow now. And, you know, somebody came back into my life. And, um, oh, I said, hmm, you know. And then it just, I mean, it just didn't work out because I was so selfish. I wanted more. And it isn't a sex. It's a relationship because I don't have a relationship yet. You know, uh, yes, I don't have a relationship and I know that. So what do I do? The first thing I said, you know what, I'm going to go to page 70, and I'm going to see what to do. Now, I know it's there, but I never really did it. But I started to do it, and you have no, I mean, you, you know what the answer is. It was taken away. I became, I I put myself more into helping other people get out of myself. Get out of yourself, Janice. You know, you're not the only one. Become selfless. And, you know, <laughs> it was taken away. It's a promise. Thinking of somebody else, that's my whole problem. And when I do that, you know, I made a commitment to, instead of being with that person, go away with my son And uh, at the time. And it was unbelievable. Get out, please, my son, be a better mother. You know, it's, you know, you get. You, we don't know how much time I have left, or anybody. And you know, I'm, it, the, my whole life is turned around to become really selfless, become a have a relationship with my son, because I have a relationship with my God. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice. Okay, next we have Kim G, followed by Harlan, and then uh, Rachel Rachel. Oh, no. Kim, morning. go ahead. <laughs> Good morning, Craig. Good morning, everyone. Mm. My name is Kim G, and I've been recovered since January 2011. And, you know, I'm going to hit the same theme. You know, if sex is very troublesome, I like to read it when life is troublesome. I mean, because that's what's going to happen. So what is it telling us to work with others? Why do I do that? Because it, it takes me out of myself. It quiets the imperious urge when to yield would be heartache. What am I going to yield to? I'm going to yield to these to these resentments, these fears, these sex conducts, relationships. You know, and the big book is so clear. We've been saying it's very, very clear and it's very, very consistent. But I have to tell you my personal experience is the fellowship was very confusing because I was told when things got tough, we'll go to more meetings, make more phone calls, get a better sponsor. You know, I've been in OA since 94, so those first 17 years, I didn't really do the big book. And when I was introduced to the big book in a serious way nine years ago, and I started working with people locally, no one was really doing this work, so everything was new. Well, nine years later, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people. I, I, I love how Melanie says it. People come into OA by the 100s and they leave by the 99s. And I'm seeing people relapse after doing this work. And this is my observation. In this prior paragraph, it's talking about that if we do not clean it up, we're sure to drink. And what I find is people use step 10 and 11 as a panic button. 
and they don't stay unblocked, so they go back and they yield. I also see that with sponsoring, which is telling us when it's troublesome, we have to work with others, that, you know, for me personally, before the big book, sponsoring was a vanity project. You know, who do I sponsor? What, is, what, are, what are they doing in OA? Making myself look good. And now it's about helping others. And I find that, you know, when something really good happens or something really bad happens, people say, well, no, 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 I can't. I don't have time to sponsor. I have to take care of me. And society is going to back us up. Self-help books are going to back us up. But the big book says, if you don't work with others, you're going to eat. Why? Because in step three, I was told that selfishness and self-centeredness, that was the root of my trouble. My problem is I'm always thinking about me. But when am I not thinking about me? When I'm helping somebody else. You know, I used to think step one was every morning getting up and saying, I'm powerless over food and my life's unmanageable. I have to remember how bad it was. I have to remember. I have to remember. But what I see through this book is how do I stay in touch with step one? I stay in touch with step one by helping others. Because by helping others, I'm confronted on a daily basis of who I am that I have this allergy of the body, that I have this mental twist, and if I do not stay unblocked from this power by practicing 10, 11, and 12, which is 1 through 12, I will eat again. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Harlan, you're up, followed by Rachel, followed by Thank Nancy. Thank you, Craig, for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And I also want to thank everybody on Team Tuesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. What a fantastic group and what a fantastic paragraph. I'm going to divert from talking about the paragraph here for just a second. Today is November the 26th, 2019, and on November the 26th, 1895, Bill Wilson was born in East Dorset, Vermont. He would be 124 years old today, but he will live forever in the book that we're holding, in the book we're talking about, in our lives, in our spirits, and in our conversations today, we evoke his memory. And I just want to thank God that he lived because he was one of those giants on whose shoulders I crawl in here every morning on. And if it wasn't for him, I'd be dead. This paragraph is universal to sum up about sex. It could be to sum up about fear, to sum up about anger, to sum up about selfishness, self-seeking. It wouldn't matter what the defective character is. Sex is not a defective character. It's a basic instinct of life. But I could plug in any defective character, and the paragraph would read perfectly. We earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity and strength to do the right thing. No matter what the question is, the answer is going to be work the steps. It doesn't matter what the question is. What am I going to do about anger? What am I going to do about lust? What am I going to do about fear? Work the steps. And in working the steps, Bill found that when all other measures fail, work with another alcoholic will save the day. And that's what it's going to lead me to. As I get into the steps, 10, 11, 12, I'm going to be working with other people. How many times does the big book say to me in no uncertain terms from Dr. Silkworth calling us an altruistic society, helping others is the foundation stone of my recovery, Service to others is key, and it says that, excuse me, 
<coughs> excuse me, in order to, to live, I'm going to have to expand and enlarge my spiritual life through service and self-sacrifice for others. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through, I'm reading on the bottom of 14, top of 15, through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. If he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. This is what this is about. I must get out of myself. And as Kim just said, as Kim G just said, when I am thinking about others, I am not thinking about me. And that's the key to the whole thing. With that, I will pass. Happy birthday, Bill. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Harlan. Okay, next up we have uh, Rachel, Nancy, and then Sandy. Uh, Rachel, or was it Raquel? I it's uh, Rachel, rhymes with uh, Pachel. Hi, this is uh, Rachel <laughs> Kay from San Francisco. Um, first of all, I hope I don't just speak for myself when it says to sum up now about sex. We're almost done with the sex part, which uh, is fine with me. <laughs> I mean, I know this is a necessary part, but uh, whew, I'm ready to be done with sex uh in the big book, uh, just for now. Anyway, um, but I know that this applies to everything too. And um, I'm not one of those who looks up words in the big book um, all the time, but uh, I did with this one because I realized I've been reading this part for now 34 years. I came into OA when I was 15 years old. By the grace of God, I've been uh, uh, entirely abstinent uh, for about 19 and a half years. So I had to look up imperious, imperious, and it says, uh, assuming power or authority without justification, arrogant and domineering. Um, that could also be the definition of me when I'm in self-will run riot. And the thing that I like about uh, this where it says, you know, throwing ourselves into working with others more. Basically, this can be summed up into my favorite four-word prayer, which is, less Rachel, more God. Um, I say that all the time when it's like I, I realize I'm in self-centeredness, uh, when I'm feeling imperious, you know, domineering and assuming authority that I don't have. I don't make good decisions. The only way that I make good decisions is by leaving everything up to God letting him guide my life, letting him guide my heart. And when my heart isn't in it, letting him guide my actions and my heart and my brain will follow. So if I am having, you know, imperious urges, domineering, authoritarian, you know, urges or thoughts, it's like, okay, God, less Rachel, more God. And I believe that more God means more work, more work with other people, um, not you know, not more thought. It doesn't say we throw ourselves more into thinking and figuring things out because my brain is not one of the tools and it's not mentioned in the steps um, that I throw myself into helping others into, okay, God, what would you have me be? What would you have me do? I don't know all of God's will for me, 100% of it, but I do know a great part of it is helping his children. 
um, and being kind to his children, even if I, there's no way to help immediately, is to show kindness and courtesy to others. Um, even when I'm not feeling kind or courteous or helpful, um, that's fine. I don't have to, I don't, you know, there's a phrase that I've heard in AA that's basically, and I won't say the word, but F your feelings. It doesn't mean that feelings don't matter, but when it comes to action, when it comes to doing this work, I have to lay those aside. I have to lay the, well, I don't want to, or I don't feel like it aside. It doesn't matter. You know, that doesn't have anything to do with it. So um, anyway, I'm so grateful for this meeting this morning uh, and so grateful for the big book, even this part about sex, which I must say I'm glad that we're done with and uh, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, Nancy P., you're up, followed by Sandy, and then we'll take a new list of names. Nancy? Hi, Craig. Thanks for um, letting me share. Um, so, we earnestly pray for the right ideal for guidance in each questionable situation. So, to me, you know, and I'm not as quick on the draw as some of the others that have shared, but, you know, I it's sort of like, I'll know it when I see it type of thing. and um, I have managed to not hurt myself with food for two years, almost two years, December 1st. And um, so I'll take it. And so, you know, they say it elsewhere in, in, the, in the sex part. We treat it like any other problem. And the good news about that for me is um, I get plenty of problems. <laughs> so, you know, the solution never changes, you know. Thank you, Harlan, and thank you, Kim. And thank you, Janice PM. You know, the solution never changes. I love, I love, I love this. Um, if any problem is very troublesome, we throw ourselves the harder into helping others. And it says in the 10th step, this is, you know, I had uh, two horrible problems the other day. And, um, you know, I realized I had to do a 10th step myself and there was no one available. And, um, you know, we ask God at once to remove them, blah, blah, blah. That's sort of a blah, blah, blah. And then we, um, we resolutely turn our thoughts to someone we can help. And it does say that starting in the doctor's opinion on the very first page. It talks about, you know, this altruistic movement growing up among them. And so, you know, the answer, the answer never changes. It's always where am I in relation to my higher power? Where, you know, true north, whatever you want to call it. Um, and of course it starts with surrender because if I haven't surrendered, I'm gonna be, you know, turning around in circles saying, where's my higher power? Where's my higher power? Oh, right, I have to surrender. And once I surrender, there's that, there's that peace that, you know, washes over me. The, one of my terrible things that happened the other day had to do with my husband who was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man. When I think about what I was absolutely gonna end up with, and what I did end up with, um, I am so grateful for him. And yet he somehow became this guy that I didn't know why I married. And in conversation later in the evening, I said something, you know, blah, blah, blah. I thought you did that. He said, why would I do that? And I'm so glad I didn't say anything. I wasn't, you know, I hadn't said, why did you do this? You know, and, um, and then all of it, you know, I had done my sort of prayer and meditation on this and all of it sort of smoothed out. And I have to say that all of my problems are alive and well and the ones that have been solved or have moved on, nature abhors a vacuum. There are plenty more to take their place. But as long as I keep myself 
aligned with my higher power, there's nothing. They're not kidding in this book. No problem is too small or too big to be solved by faith in a higher power, a power greater than myself. And I can't believe that it's really true, you know? I really, I pinch myself every single day that I am free from the obsession that crippled me, that owned me for so many years. I don't have that anymore. I am not suffering from compulsive overeating today. I'm suffering from a bad case of the self, but I have the medicine to take care of that. And I do that every single day. And with that, I'll reminder. All right. Thank you very much. Sandy S. You're thanks. Sandy, you're up. Sandy, we can't hear you. Okay, thanks, Greg. I thought I was unmuted. I wasn't. Uh, Sandy S. from Asheville, North Carolina, recovered by the grace of God for 43 years. And I say that, like, with fear because, you know, I'm I'm afraid to acknowledge I have no idea why I had this spiritual experience that has led me to an abstinence and a recovery that is really remarkable. So I think it's very hard for me to own anything positive about myself. You know, I'm afraid it'll be taken away. But the truth is, I've had a miraculous recovery. It's it's pretty miraculous. Not because of me. I have no idea why. I just need to say that. And I wanted to also just mention that the convention was incredible for me in that when people speak, now I know I have faces to go with them. And it just makes the connection so much deeper. And I just want to encourage anyone who's able to go to the convention in two years from now, one day at a time, to do it if you have any fears or anything. I mean, I was doing tons of 10 steps while I was at the convention because that's who I am. You know, I'm just a lot of um, character defects. But what I want to share is about the guidance and the strength do the right thing and helping others. And one of the others, you know, and related to sex is my husband. You know, I've been with him for 29 years and definitely he's God's gift to me. Um, he, it's like he worked the program without ever having to work it. And um, so he, this is an example of me depending on God <laughs> and not my finite self. My husband is 85, I'm 72 wants to go on this 22-day cruise to Europe or whatever. And I really don't want to go. And I'm scared. I'm scared he'll get sick. And I'm scared, scared, scared. But I'm going. You know, I'm going. I'm relying on God. It's going to be in April. And I really think, in thinking of others, one of the others that I don't think of is my family. I will definitely think of others in OA. But not you know, not others in my family. And that's really important. And I need God's guidance, sanity, and strength in in giving to my family and friends the way I give to people in OA. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Craig. All right. Thank you. Okay. Next, we're ready to take some new names. Sandy uh, so S. Tina S. Mary A. B. Leah M. Christina J. Hold, hold, hold on. Hold, hold on. Hold on. I can't write that fast. 
Michelle T. Um, uh, hold on. Hold on. Let's go back to the beginning. I have nobody before Leah M. I wasn't able Tina to hear it. Mary A. B. Christina J. From Buffalo. Mary A. B. Who from Buffalo? Melissa P. Sandy S. Christina J. Melissa P. Sandy S. That was the first one. Sandy K. Sandy K. So we have three Sandys today. Okay, let's stop right there. I have uh, Tina S., uh, Mary A. B., Melissa P., Sandy S., Leah M., uh, Michelle, I think it was, and then Sandy K. Um, K. All right. Huh? All right, Tina S., go ahead. Let's go. Thanks so much, Craig, for your service. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great meeting. So many great shares today, and I just had to chime in and say, ditto, ditto, ditto. You know, the, the solution has not changed. And, you know, one of the things that I know over time is that it doesn't matter what I want to do. It matters what I do. And if I follow specific clear-cut directions, when any problem I have comes up, then I turn my thoughts to helping others. But I remember a time when I was just, when I was new, and I didn't really incorporate this in, or make it my life, you know. Uh, I When the shit hit the fan, I was looking to see what do I do next. And, you know, it happened to be in a relationship at the time, you know, and I wanted to fix something. Well, actually, I wanted to get out of the relationship, but I wanted it on my terms, all this kind of stuff, and I was consumed. And I, and I am so grateful for the people that go before us because I had a sponsor who, who pointed me to this page and said, read that stuff again. You know, forget about you. Turn your thoughts to helping others. Give God a chance to work in your life. If you're playing God, he's not going to be there, you know, because you're taking over. And that, and finally, finally, when I exhausted myself, most times that happens for me. I have to exhaust all that Tina's going to do before I say, okay, God, take over, you know, until I'm, I'm dying and desperate. And then it works. I turn my thoughts to helping others. And I leave my crap alone and let God take care of it because he has a plan for me beyond my wildest dreams, and I will certainly shortchange myself. And this is some great stuff. Looking forward to the rest of the shares. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. Mary A.B., let's go. Good morning. Did you call me? This is Mary A.B.? Yes, I did. Yes, sir. Boy, I'm unmuting. Yes, good morning, everybody. So grateful to be on this morning. And um, the um, solution is always the same. We turn away from our own uh, situation and turn to helping others. Yes, but sometimes, you know, I used to think that that meant that I had to pick up the phone and call another member in the program, someone to help in the rooms. But sometimes that solution comes in another package. And right now, I'm in a situation where I'm my husband's caretaker. My husband is blind. My whole family, my sons, my daughters-in-law, my grandkids, my great-grandkids are all in Hawaii. And I know that if it wasn't for this situation, I would be there too. I'm 82. I am in excellent health. I can travel. I can do whatever I want to do, 
And I wake up in the morning sometimes and think about it and start to feel sorry for myself and I'm feeling down. And my husband gets up and walks into the room and he needs my help. And I realize when I jump up and start to help him with his breakfast or whatever, that fog lifts. It lifts immediately. I'm I'm blessed to have a very loving husband. I say, oh, he's Italian, and that's the way he is. He's very loving. He's very appreciative. He's very easy. He still does everything he can for himself. Um, If this is not God working in my life and another demonstration that this particular paragraph that we're reading this morning actually works, I don't know what is. I am very grateful today to be exactly where I am in Central California, to be recovered, to be on this meeting with all of you folks who mean so much to me, my other family. And um, I thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. I pass. Thanks, Mary. Okay, Melissa, your turn. Hi, good morning, Craig. Thank you for your service. This is Melissa P. in Buffalo. Good morning, everyone. Um, When I was at convention, I wrote on the inside of my big book, as he would have me be. And thinking, I know that the the sex stuff makes some people uncomfortable, but for me, this this is it with the food and with sex. You know, I was the fat kid growing up, and when I had gastric bypass when I was 22 or 23, I was ravenous. I wanted to get everyone back wearing, you know, Melissa-colored glasses. What could you do for me now that the world had forsaken me as a 350-pound teenager? You know, I had a vendetta against men that I had grown up with. And I did things that I'm not proud of, but I've let go you know, that I've worked through, thank God for the steps. And thinking about sex and thinking about now that I'm in program, you know, those Melissa-colored glasses want to get put back on. You know, what what are you doing for me? And I don't, I don't have to think like that anymore. I don't have to live like that anymore because I'm learning every single day that when I want to pick up those glasses, i got to think about someone else i got to get deeper into helping someone else. And, you know, people have said it might not just be outreach programs. Maybe it's doing something for someone right in front of me, you know, helping someone in the world that's two feet from me, you know, and outside of program too, because if I'm thinking about what you can do for me, I'm sure to be back in the food. I'm sure to be back in the men. And I have a wonderful marriage, but I, I know the trail that I will go down if I – put on those Melissa colored glasses again where I start to think because everything that I did when I was in the food and everything I did when I was in those beds, I was thinking about me. I was selfish. You know, my my disease, I'm selfish. I want you to do things for me. You know, and as he would have me be, I'm living my life differently. And I've got a long ways to go and I've got a lot to learn, but if I'm showing up to a situation and I'm thinking now that my feminine power, as Katie G mentioned, like could have someone do something nice for me, I'm not being as he would have me be. 
I'm starting to think of that selfishness. You know, and so for me, thinking about others, it gets me out of my head. And thank God. Thank God for this book. Thank God for these steps. And thank God for all of you because instead of the rose-colored Melissa glasses, I'm trying to think what I can do for all of you. So thank you so much, and with that, I'll pass. Okay, thank you. Uh, next, we have uh, Sandy S. followed by Leah M., and then Michelle, and then Sandy K. Sandy S. Or no? It was a different Sandy. Uh, Sandy? Star one to unmute. Hello, this is Sandy Edge. Are we there? Yeah. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. And I just, I'm so grateful to all of you. Thank you and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. And I'm so grateful for this particular chapter. Uh, I have have been uh, celibate for a long time. My husband passed two years ago, be three years in January. I'm a widow. And because of this program and uh, the results that I'm getting and I'm seeing, I'm just terribly afraid of the advances that I am now receiving. It's like a kid being lost in a forest. And the only thing that I've been able to do is just grab hold to uh, God's hands and to the readings and to go forward because it's frightening to me. Uh, even the body image change is frightening to me. I don't know what to think about it. It it has hit me by storm. And so on Thanksgiving Day, well, two years ago today, I woke up and I didn't want to live anymore. And I managed to get out of bed and get to my Y and get into the pool. And I've been in water aerobics ever since. Thanksgiving Day, I will spend it alone, no family. But what I've decided to do is go ahead and cook a Thanksgiving dinner and near my home is a traffic area where homeless people go back and forth, and I will be serving dinner to those who seem to want or may want Thanksgiving dinner. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the time alone, uh, 45 years of cooking dinner. Uh, this one's going to be very special to me. I thank you for all of your help. Continue to please pray for me because I need it, and I love this. I love this chapter uh, and helping others. I helped an 86-year-old friend of mine move yesterday. I will be going back to do that today after the why. And thank you all for everything. And with that, I pass. All right. Thanks, Sandy. Next, we have Leah M. followed by Michelle and then Sandy K. Leah? Hey, Craig. Thank you for your service. Mm -hmm. We earnestly pray for the right ideal, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity and for the strength to do the right thing. You know, to elevate my thinking, to press into this work. I was certainly no vision for you when I got here. <laughs> my life was deteriorating faster than I could lower my standards, and I was, you know, just in my early 20s. Um, you know, I was looking for freedom. But the big book reminds me that freedom isn't free. There is a process that I need to go through. Um, you know, when I got here, I was tormented by memories, um, those unresolved conflicts, those fears, the guilt, the remorse that I had. It continued to haunt me despite years of sitting on a couch, um, getting professional help. 
Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was this process that helped to uh, put down in black and white what was going on. This process of the steps dismantled those character defects, the false self. It helped to disintegrate those masks that had built up, built up in my desperate attempt to cope <laughs> with life. Um, you know, that self-centered thinking that I had gave me emotional twists and it discolored my, my personality and it was altering my life for the worse. And it was, you know, there were food stains in all my relationships. It was just like there was a wound, there was a great wound, and that wound just continued even though characters on the stage would be changed, you know, if that makes sense. I just kept repeating the same pattern and the same pattern and the same pattern with different people. You know, the, pro the program of recovery makes it clear that God wants me to be free, that grace surrounds me, and if I open myself up to this process and take responsibility for the actions that are described in this process and, and, and make myself open to this offer and this relationship with power, I come home. I come home to stability. I was looking for emotional stability, but emotional stability cannot be based on making others live up to my expectations or on me manipulating and navigating relationships in order to feel better about myself. True dependence and stability has to come from a reliance and dependence on God. And I got that through the process of the steps. And if this sounds like a lifetime occupation, you're absolutely right. It's a lifetime occupation. But you know what? So was my disease. <laughs> so much of my disease. So every day I have to uh, willingly align myself and take responsibility for my recovery by pressing into the step work, dismantling the character defects that are rearing their heads, and becoming free over and over and over again. And I'm so grateful. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah. Okay, next up we have Michelle followed by Sandy Kay. We've got about five minutes, so... Two and a half a piece, if we can. Michelle? Hi, this is Michelle T from Detroit. Um, yeah, Hi. I'm one of these uh, strange people that came into OA 29 years ago as normal weight, but my behavior, I was using uh, sugar and cookies to uh, pass out. And I knew it worked, so I do that, and I knew there was something wrong. So I went to OA, and um, the meeting I went to, these people, I don't think they understood about OA, because they told me that I was fine, I had, I was at normal weight, and there was nothing wrong with me. And uh, so I just went away. And uh, 20 years later, I was 165 pounds overweight, so I went back to OA, and I stayed for a couple of years. And the people at my meeting, sorry about the background noise I'm at work, um, they were just uh, maintaining and doing the spiritual program, and no one lost a pound. I was like the only one. I felt like I was the only one working the steps and trying to do abstinence. So I told them one day, and they're like, Michelle, we're not getting any bigger, so we're doing it. And... Uh, I stopped going. I just figured I could do it on my own. 
And, of course, that didn't work. But um, with the sex thing, uh, when I was new in AA, I just did everything. I worked the steps. I prayed really hard. And the sex thing was the only thing that wasn't working. It wasn't going with my prayer life. So I came to this uh, conclusion, I thought, on my own. I didn't know it was right in the big book that uh, I could be responsible for somebody dying because of my selfish needs. So I knocked that stuff off. And um, everything's going pretty good right now. I, you know, it's like Roseanne, Roseanne, or Danis. It's not one thing, it's another. It's always something. And right now I've got uh, video games going on. I'm spending too much time doing that. But I'm going to get a sponsor again and uh, start start working this harder. Thank you, guys. I haven't shared in a long time, so thank you for letting me share. Thank you for your service. All right. Thanks, Shell. All right. Next up, we have Sandy Kay, and that will be our last share. Sandy? Good morning, everyone. I'll try to talk fast. This is Sandy Kay, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Florida. Um, I don't listen to this phone call all the time, but I know God whispered in my ear, listen to it this morning, because I did not realize that I was going to be, not was, but going to be selfish about sex. Um, It says, we earnestly pray for the right ideal for guidance in each questionable situation. Well, I actually was, was thinking ahead of this weekend, And I didn't think it was a questionable situation until I started to think about my selfishness. And I was going to be selfish. I usually am not. Um, God has taken away most days my self-centeredness. But for this coming weekend, apparently, um, I wasn't even aware of it. So that's one of the beautiful things about being on the phone call or talking to people who are in recovery, because through the book, through the calls, and through other people, I get to look at the character defects and it didn't even realize were there. And I can do this before this weekend, as opposed to looking back with remorse after this weekend. So thank you for letting me share. All right. Well, thank you very much for your share. We're going to have that be the last share of the day. And thanks, everybody. We shared. Thanks for the to the people that served and 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 served this month. Um, this was the last meeting in November on Tuesday, so I want to thank everybody: that Kathy, Wendy, Amy, Ginger, Barbara, Jody, and Rebecca for their service this month. Um, the uh, uh, we're uh, please join us in the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today is 13,716. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only through Keep You Until Then. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. This is Barbara P. Recovered in Atlanta. And our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. 
The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.